Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it adds to the tale, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, John. Hello. I am running a Lunadus, Elven Monk. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing the Dragonborn fighter slash wizard, Juliet. And Shane. That's me playing Alexander, the, uh, the wizard bard. And Oliver. I will be playing Edo Belmont, the Houseworn Paladin. Okay, so the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, uh, you guys found your outs- yourselves outside of Brown Meadow. Um, you fought a ghost after Adel picked up a helm uh, that was haunted. You made it to the town of Brown Meadow itself, trying to investigate uh, who this Cassock Stonefoot person was. Um, people there weren't very friendly except for the innkeeper who was incredibly pleased to have the companions staying at his establishment Um, you went and visited the Stonefoots you found Cassock's grandmother uh, who wasn't very forthcoming with information until um, Alexander intimidated her and then she said that she'd heard uh, he was uh, back in the area and in the Black Hills uh, in a cave there that he played in as a child. Um, you visited Cassock's family home that had been burned to the ground. And after some investigation, you found a ring that produced fire. The next door neighbors weren't very happy with you as they uh, basically told you all to, to get out of there, or at least Hannah. Um, from there, you uh, have journeyed to the Black Hills outside of town in search of this uh, place where Cassock may be. You saw a beast folk that was running around in circles that apparently was being attacked by bees. That beast folk uh, yelled run and came charging at you. That's where you find yourselves now. So the, uh, the beast folk uh, you see stops about uh, five yards in front of you and the bees have stopped following and Juliet and Alexander have uh, recognized this beast folk as their uh, former companion Vito. You said bees and I thought honey and I thought Vito god damn it (laughs) this beast folk stops and looks at you and is like still swatting at bees that are on its skin and like uh, pulling out stingers and says fam damn bees what is something that makes something so delicious have to be so painful and mean? B, see what I did there? It's a joke, fam. And then uh, he starts laughing. He says, uh, 
So I hope I didn't scare you running at you like that. Just had to get away from them bees. I'm Leto, the beast folk says with a wincing smile as he crushes the last bee stinging him against his arm. Leto, is, is that really the best you could come up with? That's my name. And he says, y'all passing through? We don't get many travelers around these parts. Except for the nomads passing through the desert. They're not very friendly. But you don't look like nomads. So, what's your deal? Yes, we are just passing through. So, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? You just traveling? Are you looking for honey? Uh, yes, we're just passing through. We have our own business to conduct. And... I think you know the kind of business we do, which is a shame. I almost like to. I don't know what you're talking about, stranger. You can drop the act, Vito. Vito? Do you know Vito? Who's that? Who's Vito? Yeah, who is this Vito? The beast folk in front of you's eyes gets really big, and he he looks kind of excited and says, "How, How do you know Vito? I haven't seen him in forever. He is okay. We saw him on the road. He was being very helpful in Kala for the town guards. It was uncharacteristic. What was he doing all the way down in Kala? And working for the guards, no less. That doesn't sound like something Vito would do. He's not very... Well, I wouldn't say civilized maybe or working for the guards that sounds strange you mean he really wasn't from Kala no he was he was from here Vito's my brother do you have any other family down here as well it sounds like we could have quite the family reunion oh yeah we've got plenty of brothers but we haven't seen Vito in years we always wondered what happened to him he just wandered off one day looking for honey, and that was the last we saw of him. There's some dangerous critters out here, and we thought maybe scorpions or, a, I don't know, a big cat or something might have got him. I know him and Papa weren't getting along too good there towards the end, but I never thought he'd run off. And Akala, of all places. I mean, I've seen some of Papa's maps, and that's like half the world away. I've really never been probably much further than two miles away from the cave because, I don't know, it's dangerous out there and, well, people out there aren't too kind from what Papa says and they wouldn't be too nice to me. But you seem pretty nice. Really, the only other people I've met have been the, the nomads that come out of the desert and they could be a bit prickly. And how many brothers, sisters, do you have again? So, uh, Leto starts counting on his fingers and he says, uh, there's me and Rito and Guido and Gito and Kido and Mito and Bido and Cito and Dito and then Gito and Wido and Tito and Yido and Uto and Hito. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. But the family is getting bigger. We used to get a new brother about every month or so, but recently, Papa's been making us more frequently. I guess about one every week now. Papa jokes that he's going to run out of names soon. Oh, and then there's Papa Kasich. Papa 
Kasich, did you say? Yeah, Papa Kasich. Juliet's gonna look to the rest of the party. Papa Kasich? Oh, he's a great man and powerful wizard. You know, he created us all. Me and my brothers and Vito and everybody else that I know. What do you mean by made? Uh, yes, that he, he made us just like everyone else is made, I guess. Magic and gods and stuff. You were Me? born, right? Of course I was born, silly. How else do you think I got here? I mean, Papa says that, you know, some people are born by mothers and we just happen to be born by him and the tank. He does sound very interesting. I would very much like to meet this Papa Kasich and your brothers. Oh, you do? Yes. I, I always like meeting new people. We don't get many guests out here in the hills, and I'm sure he'd be happy to meet you. You can meet my brothers, too. Do you know any stories? It gets pretty boring around here. No, but we do have a bard. A bard? And then his eyes get, like, really wide, and he starts, like, clapping his hands. Yep, I'm a bard, all right. Do, do you sing and dance? Uh, I can sing. Oh, can what do you do as a bard then? Do you do you play music or what? Yeah, I have uh, I have this these big bagpipes that I play. And uh, he sees the uh, the bagpipes and he, he just gets less look of awe on his face. And he was like, "Would you play me a little?" Sure. Give me a performance check. Fail or succeed, I want you to do the thing from Friends where Ross tries playing uh, Good Times by Cool and the Gang on the bagpipes. And then a, uh, a plus one modifier from the... Oh, that's, that's the bagpipes. Bagpipes aren't magical. So uh, 15, it's pretty good. And um, you see uh, Leto like, start uh, doing like this really stupid dance around and around and around. And then uh, and starts clapping. After you stop, he's like, "Oh, that's that was awesome." He's like, "I can't wait to introduce you to my brothers." It's pretty boring around here. All we do is hunt and forage and tend the garden and wrestle sometimes, and then collect honey. I usually collect the honey because, well, I don't want to brag, but I'm the bravest since Vito is gone. Honey is a risky proposition. Yeah, bees are pretty dangerous. And he says, you're telling me, fam. Well, it's getting on towards supper time. Is anybody hungry? Yes, yeah. actually, we'd love to have a conversation. We were looking for someone with a, a name of Cassick. Maybe uh, we know each other. Oh, wow. That would, that would be strange. I mean, he doesn't get out much. He's a really busy man, and he's usually stuck in his lab doing stuff, and he doesn't even really visit with us that much, so we just hang out with each other. Well, I guess he was gone there for, uh, I guess, about two weeks. Did you meet him then? That sounds like a, a similar, similar timeline. Yeah, I would say about two weeks ago. Well, I'm sure he'd be glad to talk to you. I mean, he doesn't talk to us much because he says we're ignorant. I guess that's fair, but a little mean. I have been trying to learn more. I mean, the eldest of us, Beto, 
he's been teaching us to read and to look at maps and how to talk. So I guess that's helping some. But you've been out in the world, so I guess there's plenty of stuff for you to talk to him about. No, we were mostly acquaintances, but nonetheless. He says, well, that's great. My brothers, they got a board today and they're roasting it. So we've got plenty for everybody. It's a big one, too. Oh, wow. That sounds delightful. Yes. Roast animal. So many vegetables. Uh, we got some tubers. <clears throat> tubers are great. I like potatoes and yam and rutabagas and radishes. And he says, well, we've got enough for you to eat your fill. We got a garden out back where we grow them. They get big. Follow me. So Leto starts leading you through this scrubland. And the ground here is hard packed and kind of sandy and dry. There are some bushes here and some short stunted trees that um, you think the bees were making nests inside of. Um, but for the most part, this land seems kind of ragged. Leto is leading the way to these hills in the distance and he doesn't seem to have a care that he has his back turned toward you. He has kind of a skip in his step and uh, he seems kind of happy and proud of himself that uh, he's bringing you back to meet his brothers and Papa Kasich. So uh, as you're walking, Alexander and Juliet, give me a perception check. Uh, crit. Nine. So, Alexander, you are going to notice that Leto has a scar at the base of his skull that you've seen before. It's the same scar Vito had on the back of his neck. Okay. Maybe that's how their brains were removed. <laughs> are we going to fight a mind flare? Is that what you think? Something no, he like was that. calling Vito dumb. Oh. Uh, but so, my guess is that uh, Kasich didn't understand umbilical cords. <laughs> there are no umbilical cords in the tank. You walk for a half a mile and you come to the hills and Vito leads you to the entrance uh, to a cave in the, uh, the side of the hill. Uh, the hill itself is only about 20 feet tall and covered in short grass. But the soil here is dark and it pokes through so you can't really... Um, see the grass from the distance that that's what makes the hills look dark and black the entrance to the cave is only about six feet tall and appears to be limestone and the floor slopes slightly down and then Leto says here we are home sweet home be careful inside we aren't the only ones living in here some pretty nasty spiders and scorpions and some of them are really big but if we stick to the main path we shouldn't see any they don't, we don't like them, and they don't like us. So uh, Leto takes a uh, torch lying beside the uh, entrance and lights it up and motions for you to follow him. The cave uh, feels cool inside and slightly musty. It appears to be naturally formed through some process. And you walk through the cave for about 10 minutes, and you enter a large opening about 50 foot by 50 foot. The ceiling is high enough and the room is dark enough that you can't see the ceiling. 
and Leto stops abruptly and says, Did you hear that? He pauses for a moment and he sniffs the air. Can everybody see the new uh, map? Yep, it's at the bottom if anybody is missing it. Okay, I was about to say, all I see is black. So uh, Leto has led you up through the bottom of this cave entrance and you are in this main chamber right here, about middle of the map. I'm guessing we left the horses and such outside rather than bringing them into the cave. Correct. Yep. So uh, everybody give me a perception check. All right. So Adel and Juliet and Eludidas, um, for a second, you think you hear some like, some like scritching, but you don't hear it anymore. You smell the smell of uh, roasted pork. In, uh, coming from uh, one of these chambers. I begin to channel my divinity. That way I can uh, use it as a light. Okay. Leto says, it was probably nothing, but you can't be too careful. I've lost a couple of brothers down these halls because they wandered off exploring or just to get away from us for a few minutes. And then the spiders got them. Anyways, let's go on. It's almost supper time and I'm getting hungry. Are you all hungry? Agreed. Yes. So, um, you said main path, or he said main path. Um, is it like a confusing Morn maze down here, or is it just like one main path? And Okay, so inside this uh, room, there's enough light to see that there is uh, three branches here. There is a branch here to the north. There's a branch over here to the east. And then if you look over here to the west, there's a hole about uh, four feet in diameter, about six feet off the ground that is in this wall over here. Okay, so it's kind of a maze, but we'll be able to hopefully find our way out. Yeah, so there's only, uh, there's, you know, four ways you can go here. It's north, south, east, and west. All right, lead the way, Lido. Can I discreetly, like, make a mark on the wall to note which tunnel we're supposed to leave from? Absolutely. I will do that. Also, I want to note that I tied my dog off to the horse so that we don't have to worry about it here. Pupper's not ready to fight a rider. Nope. So Lido is going to lead you guys up here to the north. Do we want to do, like, a marching order or anything? Take that as a no. Guess not. I'm gonna be uh, right behind. Meet shield Lido. in front. Exactly. I'm gonna be right behind Lido. <laughs> okay. Uh, is everybody walking into? Uh, so Lido walks down the hallway, and you see him walk into this uh, uh, what appears to be a big open room. If you're in the hallway, that's about as far as you can see. But uh, you see Lido walk in. Inside the room, there appears to be three beast folk uh, working at different tasks, uh, either working the spit or chopping up some tubers and vegetables or cleaning some dishes. And uh, as Adel walks into the room, he's going to be able to see a lot more of it. Wow. Spacious. Are those their beds? <laughs> Looks like it. <clears throat> okay, so... As you walk into this uh, room, uh, it's a large opening. 
it's lit by torches and there's a large cook fire in the center you see three other beast folk cooking and doing chores and there's a large boar on a spit cooking over the fire the room's kind of set up like a camp but inside of a cave there's blankets spread out around the cook fire uh, where you think uh, these beast folk are sleeping um, there's cooking stations and um, barrels where you think they're storing water and also boxes where they're storing produce like the tubers that Leto mentioned. And then uh, Leto announces to the uh, room, Brothers, I didn't get honey, but look what I found. New friends, and they have stories. They say they know Papa Kasich. The beast folk turn around and look at you and smile and wave. One of the beast folk uh, looks at you and says, Welcome. We'll have food soon and plenty of it. We got a boar today. Look how big it is. And Leto says, uh, We shall eat soon. I hope you're hungry. And uh, he points uh, around the room at the other beast folk and he says, That's Rito and Guido. And that one over there is Pito. I don't see the others, but they should be along soon. Pito says, the others should be along soon. They were out gathering herbs and some more stuff for dinner. That sounds well. I think it sounds swell, not just well. Fair enough. So uh, Leto goes over to the boar and gives it a spin and takes like his finger and runs it uh, over the, the boar and like picks off a piece of skin and starts uh, chewing on it. And uh, one of the other beast folks says, Leto, stop that. You're going to ruin your dinner. And you know we all like the skin. Don't hog it all. <laughs> Get it? Hog it all? And Leto's like, sorry, fam. God damn, this fam thing is going to kill me. <laughs> Why is that, fam? <laughs> Just wait until Kasich shows up. The mighty wizard who says nothing but fam. Sup, bro? <laughs> Just like a frat boy. <laughs> He, he talks in nothing but Dave Chappelle memes. Exactly. Oh, God. That sounds amazing. So, uh, Leto, um, swallows the meat. And he says, oh, I almost forgot. You wanted to meet Papa Kasich. Come with me. And then he's going to lead you, uh, away from the main chamber off to Pathway. Um, up here to the north. So, uh, before, uh, you walk into the chamber, uh, Leto stops at the entrance and he motions you to, to hang back for a second. Yeah, you might want to set your order there. Shane, you coming? So, uh, Leto uh, motions you uh, to stop and he's like, wait here a second. He doesn't like when we just walk in on him. He can be a real butthole about it. And uh, Leto turns around and begins to walk to the chamber. Um, before he can step inside, you hear a dwarven voice from inside. Not now, children. I'm at a very busy and critical point in my research. And Leto turns around to you and says, He's always busy. And then he clears the throat and says, Papa Kasich, I have some friends that know you that want to say hi. And Kasich says, People who know me, are you sure they're not just nomads you're bothering again? We talked about that. And then uh, Leto walks inside the room and motions uh, for you to follow. I walk in the room. Toots. As you walk in the room, inside you see what appears to be some sort of laboratory. There's glass tanks on the east wall 
that they look like they have underdeveloped beast folk inside. Um, so it looks like they're being grown in a green liquid uh, that's glowing. Uh, there's all kinds of tools and projects on different workbenches around the room. There are all kinds of alchemical equipment in the room that uh, have liquids that are glowing and bubbling and brewing. And you see a skinny dwarf with long, wild black hair that looks like it hasn't been combed in days down to the, uh, the south portion of the room. He's wearing a dirty white shirt and dark pants and a leather apron. He is standing at a workbench, hunched over it, intently working on something and not paying any attention to you. And uh, he's got his back to you. And he doesn't turn around or stop working uh, whatever he's working on. Leto says, uh, met them outside while I was trying to get some honey. They they say they know Vito and you, so I figured they were friends. And at that, the dwarf turns his head and sees you and looks a little surprised and turns around and smooths his long beard. And then there's this awkward moment of silence as he gives you a look over. Kasich says, you didn't tell me they were in my laboratory. You know full well no one's supposed to be in here except me. And then he looks at you all and he says, I don't know you, and I can't say I call you friend, but how do you know Vito? Is he with you? I haven't seen that willful boy since he went looking for honey some years ago. I always thought a scorpion had him for supper or some such. We traveled a bit with uh, Vito. He was very much a stalwart ally, but uh, he went his separate ways. After our adventures, uh, something was bothering him. I'm not sure what. And before you can finish your sentence, Kasich uh, speaks over you and he turns back to his work. Vito was one of my first experiments. I'm an artificer of some mean power and I've been growing these beast folk to fight the coming war. I was trying to perfect the process of controlling them by implanting these tiny water elementals into their heads. But I won't need them much longer. And then Kasich points to his thumb at a quart-sized jar on a bench. And inside you can see a tiny water elemental about the size of a coin sloshing around inside of it. And Leto says, Are you talking about our brain buddies? I think mine's asleep right now. And Kasich looks to Leto with a sad smile and says, Yes, Leto, your brain buddy. And then he turns back to you and looks you all over and his gaze pauses momentarily over Talia and then looks at the Dragonborn and says, So what brings you to me, strangers? It looks like you're dressed for a scrap. Except you have a little girl with you dressed as a boy. What is it that you want? She's not dressed like a boy. She's dressed like Talia. Yeah. And Kasich just looks at you for a second and then looks back at uh, the Dragonborn and he says, Most girls this age are playing with dollies. They're not dressed in leather armor and carrying daggers. I'm just going to be uh, warming my hands on the fire and looking around. So uh, you start moving away from the group and Kasich starts watching. He like turns away from Juliet and starts watching what you're doing. So Guido mentioned you. He said that you were a wonderful man. Really? He said that, did he? Give me a yeah. deception check. Ouch. 
<laughs> so that's a three. So uh, you say that, and uh, Case it gives you like squints his eyes and gives you this look. He says, "Vito and I, we didn't get along that well. I can't believe he would say that about me." Vito never really accepted his lot in life, what he really was, and that's a tool, something to be used as a weapon in war. I guess I gave him too much free will, something that I've corrected in the newer models. He was willful, and that's something I just could not have. Okay, yeah, he he actually complained about you quite a bit, but he said that you were a powerful mage. I guess that's true to some extent. What does this have to do with you being here on my doorstep? Well, aside from visiting, since we know Vito looked very much like our friend here, Vito, we figured that you might need some company or maybe you could answer a couple of our questions. Uh, uh, Maybe you know us by name. We are the Companions. The companions, huh? Give me a uh, deception check. <laughs> uh, natural 20. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, Kasich says, You got sweet words, and if I didn't know better, I would believe you. But I know who the companions are, and you ain't them. Well, damn. So, who are you? I'm debating on just telling him the truth. <laughs> well, what do you what do you know about what happened? Oh, you mean the truth about just Kazik? Okay, gotcha. just not being the companions. <laughs> well, some of us are still kind of the companions. Uh, you never really were. No. You're the dark companion, so it's kind of true. All around me, all around the seat. Well, we're um, not really the companions. Uh, but we have been on a quest for some time since um, uh, uh, Karn Lee trying so, uh, to fight these cultists. So uh, at Eagle Quest and Karn Lee, his eyes pick up, and then you say cultist, and his eyes narrow a little bit. And he says, Go on. There are these evil dragon worshiper types who are trying to unleash some sort of ruin on the world. I don't fully understand it. Yes, the Red Towns. Yes, and apparently they have found some means of doing so, and we're trying to stop them. Since you are a powerful mage, we thought you could help us with information about this. Well, I don't know much more about the cult than, than you, but I can tell you I'm on your side, friend. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to prepare for the coming war against Ruin. It's coming. All the signs are there. So Ruin is not just what they're trying to do. It's a a thing? Are you really that dense? Have you not heard the stories? I grew up in the woods. Required reading? Hey, not all of us grew up in a city. I grew up in the woods. Be just... Yeah. It's what he's trying to tell you. The folk tales and fairy tales are coming true. Bruin's coming back from what I hear. And that's what all this Red Talon mess is about. Stirring up trouble. Well, I can tell you this much. I'll be like my ancestor, Ironstaff, and I'll be ready to fight them. 
Who's this ancestor Iron Staff? And how will you be fighting them? You've not heard of Savior Ironstaff, the one that brought the saviors together and created the Amulet of Dominion? Grew up in the woods. Well, I don't have all night to tell you all the stories about them, but the gist is Ironstaff gathered the saviors together, helped them create powerful magical items such as the Amulet of Dominion, and banished ruin to the Abyssal Plain. That's the Cliff Notes version. What is this amulet? The Amulet of Dominion? It's a very powerful magical item that was used to control the minds of thousands of Ruin's minions and turn the tide against her. Well, that sounds like just the thing to stop these cultists. You know anything about where this amulet is? M.A. Okay. Great, so we're on the same page. Would you kindly direct us to where you know this artifact is? He says, uh, can't rightly say I know exactly where it is. The last I heard, it was in the Tower of Insight. Well, that's a shame. Does anybody want to give me an insight check? Yeah, I was just a- I was just asking about that. Or I meant to. I would assume Talia is sort of poking around as surreptitiously as she can this whole time. Of course. <laughs> Evan! I know he's a guy. I think. Uh, Luna does nailed it. 22. Hannah? Um. <laughs> I know he's probably a guy. So that's a 4, a 7, an 8, and a 22. Uh, Adel, uh, well, now Adel checked. Uh, yeah, I got a 7. Pretty good. Juliet? Oh, goodness. Does the 22 and 20, <laughs> the double 20s, not mean anything? Um, okay, so that 20 was actually deception check that uh, Juliet made. Alunidas, no, there's an insight check that Alunidas made, right? Alunidas. He's talking about Alunidas's, uh, uh, no, I didn't have advantage on the insight check. No, so, <laughs> but still just 22. <laughs> the rest of you think that Cassie's pretty on the level, that uh, he probably doesn't know uh, where the amulet is exactly, except for Alunidas, and Alunidas, uh, this dude's lying. So Lunadas uh, wanders over toward the bench. What are you working on right here? Um, so you walk over towards the bench, and um, he says, uh, these are what I call my tinker toys. I'm working on grafting the elementals to this copper wire f- construct, similar to a warforge, except it's powered by a water elemental, and much tinier. And uh, you see, it kind of looks like a doll that's about uh, 10 inches tall um, that's made out of copper. And there's like so three or four. Tiny... There's three or four of them on the desk, and they're like basically dolls made out of copper. So these are tiny metal warriors? Yes. And Delunadas is going to sort of engage him in conversation, try and keep him distracted while the others look around. Okay. So. Um, Kasich uh, starts going on uh, at great length because he normally doesn't have somebody interested in uh, what he does. He starts talking about the uh, the process of, of building them and where he found the materials and the design and how he's trying to infuse the uh, water me- elementals into these constructs to uh, control them similarly to a Warforge. 
And uh, while this conversation's going on, uh, what's everybody else doing? I'm going to start rummaging through his stuff. Remember, okay. Leto's still there. <laughs> yeah. He hears you. And he says, don't I'm touch like, that. <laughs> I'm just like, this is interesting looking. I'm like, just like looking over and seeing if I can find anything cool. So he, he hears you messing around over there and he turns around and yells at you, don't touch that. It's very volatile and fragile. Get away from my things. Mind your tone, old man. I'll remind you, you're in my house. And he's going to walk over here and get in your face. Oh, shit. Alunadas is going to look carefully over uh, the desk. So, uh, Kasich uh, is going to walk over and he's going to get in, uh, well, it can't be your face because he's much shorter than you. And he starts poking his finger into uh, your uh, uh, chest. And he was like, I'll remind you, you are in my house and to watch your manners. When I say don't touch my things, don't touch my things. Oh, and we haven't quite settled the matter of why you're here and what you want from me. Well, tell him. Tired of waiting here. And I, I point to Alexander. What do you mean? We just met with uh, Vito's friends and just came here to see what was going on. I think you've told and me. Why are? I think you've told me a bit more than that. Give me a deception check, uh, Alexander. 25. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he says, uh, I think you've told me a bit more than that. Would you care to explain yourselves further? What this business is with cultists and why you're here about it? Yeah, we're here to stop the, uh, the amulet of ruin and the cultists from bringing back ruin. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, why would you be here looking for the amulet? So that we can prevent others from getting it. Yes, but why here? Do you think okay. I have the amulet? Are you saying that you don't? No, of course I don't. As far as I know, it's locked up in the Tower of Insight. In the Citadel. Can I do an insight check on that? You <laughs> absolutely <laughs> can. Because uh, what's-his-name is looking away from Alexander. Or not Alexander, Alunadas. Alunadas is going to shake his head and say, and not, not say anything, but just sort of shake his head, raise his eyebrows like, this dude. I don't know anything. But I am going to look at uh, look at you and be like, all right, is that how it is? Sh can I make it a... Uh, so I'm going to nod at you to try and signal that... Uh, you get that, it? That, that's we forgot about the sending stones. <laughs> oh, okay. We could have been using those to sort of talk to each other's heads the whole time. All right. We should well, I'm going to use my sending stone to do that. Well, you have to speak into it. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we have to use body language at this point. So, Shane, with a 16 on insight, uh, you could tell Kasich's lying. So, at, at this point, Alunidas and Alexander both know Kasich's lying about not knowing the location of the amulet. But at this point, he's getting really flustered. Uh, Mage Kasich. Or, that, I, I don't know the proper form of address, but, um... Artificer, you don't. Perhaps we could sit down and discuss our mutual desire to fight these cultist people and share what knowledge we have. We, we didn't mean to offend you. Well, he did. He's... I'm sorry about him. But we, we are 
I'm not good at this. I'm sorry, sir. K6 says, spit it out, son. We, we want to fight these guys, and we think you can help. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I want to fight them, too. That's why I'm doing all these experiments and creating these beast folk. The races and cities of this world have become soft, and we have to prepare. So what I've done is create these people, say, abominations, in order to prepare for the onslaught. I'm just doing what needs to be done, regardless of what these wise men and ethicists say. It has to be done. Yes, and it sounds like that amulet you mentioned, that your someone uh, ancestor, I think it was. Yes, Savior Iron Staff, my ancestor. Uh, could help. So maybe we could hunt for that. Yeah, right now, I've got I've got his books and his notes, and I've been studying on how it was created in the first place, and how he was using it to control these beast's minds. But, if there was an amulet, it'd be my birthright as a descendant of the Savior. I needed to complete my experiments. It was going to waste in that tower while the mages poked at it from time to time before forgetting about it for another hundred years. It is absolutely essential to my research. So why exactly are you here? Did the tower send you? Did they finally see the wisdom in my research and studies? Um, tower? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Okay. And his eyes narrow a little bit more. So how can you help me? Do you know of alchemy? Or magic? Or artificing? Summoning or artifacts? What exactly can you do for me? Not even a little. But if you can tell us what sort of things you need, we could definitely go get those. It's what my children are for. Yes, but I don't mean to be insulting, but um, we have more experience of the world than they do, and more tact. Well, if you haven't noticed, son, there's not much world around here. I have everything I need around me, and my children to gather what I need. I don't need pretty words for cities, or for trading. Anybody else doing anything while I'm trying to direct his attention over here? I'm just paying attention. He, he already yelled at someone for, for touching his stuff. Plus, Leto's still in the room. Yeah. What happened to Juliet? I'm still here. Oh, I just don't see your picture anymore. Sorry. Oh, I marked it with a red dot next to Leto so I could find it. I'm busy okay. coloring it, but... Uh... Gotcha. So speaking of Leto, um, you notice Leto's becoming very uncomfortable with the situation going on in the room. And he says, Papa Kasich, did I do bad? They seemed like they had good faces. And they said they knowed you and Vito. I didn't know what to do. And... Kasich uh, just looks at Leto for a second, and then he's going to look uh, around at Alunidas, who's been talking to him, and says, I don't know that I need your help. Nothing you've told me so far is very helpful. You've lied to my poor, stupid child here, Leto, about knowing me. And then Leto says under his breath, I'm not stupid, fam. And then you lied about being the companions, which quite frankly is suicide. 
Knowing that at this point, is there anything that you say I can trust? If you don't give me a really good reason here within the next minute of why I shouldn't kick you out of my home, I'm either going to have to ask you to leave or have my children show you the way out. Juliet's going to unpack a note from her pack. If nobody's going to stop her, she's going to walk right up to Kasich and hand it right to him. Uh, the Lunadas is going to let you take the lead. We're not from the tower, but we did find this. So are you going to give him the note? Yep. He takes the note and he reads it and his eyes get just like pop open and then he stares at you and then uh, he starts screaming at you and says, how in the hells did you get this? How could you have possibly gotten it if you said you hadn't been in the Citadel or you aren't from the tower? I left this message for the mages to let them know I would bring it back. I'm not a thief. I just needed it to complete my experiments. The tower would have had to send you. There's no way you could have gotten into the Citadel by yourselves. The only way I got in was through Iron Staff's notes. They gave me the passwords to get in. The amulet's my birthright as a descendant of the Saviors. I needed to complete my experiments. It was going to go to waste there. I could put it to use. Ruin's coming back. I know it. We must be prepared to fight her. That's what I've been preparing for all these years. You have to see reason in that. Are you here to take it? Yes. Why? What can you do with it? Go away and let me continue my work. One day you all see my praises as the artificer who had the foresight to prepare for the oncoming war. I'll look over to Juliet. Juliet's gonna shrug. Alright, we're doing this the hard way, old man. Frankly, I think it's the easy way. So, uh, <laughs> as you say that, Kasich pulls out what appears to be a coin out of his pocket and says, My children, come protect me. And as he says that, Leto says, Uh-oh, I think my brain buddy is a wit and suddenly stops talking and then looks at you and snarls. Damn, what are elementals can snarl? There can be only be one explanation. You're working for that dirty fucking dragon cult. Well, fuck you. Have at the fiends. And I think that's where we're going to end it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Greetings, and welcome to the Wizard's Wardrobe. I'm the proprietor, Balak Hyrule, at your service. We have Swell's most unique collection of magical items and potions. Have you ever wanted to fly? We have a potion for that. Have you ever wanted to be strong as a bull? We have an elixir that can make that happen. Did you use a magical item without knowing what it did? We have scrolls that can remove almost any curse. Once there was a young man that found a girdle, and when he put it on it turned him into a lady. That was quite a shock, I'm sure. We helped him with that too. Oh, where was I? Oh yes, the wizard's wardrobe. 
We have rods and wands and cloaks and robes to fit almost any discerning adventurer's need. And all items have been identified by a certified wizard, so you know you're getting exactly what you paid for. Guaranteed! When you think of magic, think of the wizard's wardrobe. We are located on Elm Street in Luskane. And remember, if it didn't come from the wizard's wardrobe, who knows what you're getting? The music you heard on this episode was Wizardorium, Rights, and For Origins by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License, creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.